0: It finally stopped raining, woohoo! Wow, I've been waiting for half an hour. I was watching the, the radar on, uh, on a website that I always monitor to see when it will rain and when it will stop raining. And there, there was a huge uh, clower layer moving from uh, west to east and it was, it was filled with rain and hail and even uh, thunder and lightning. And I saw that exactly at four o'clock, it would move towards Germany, and that would be the end. And at least for the couple of um, the, the next couple of hours, there will be no, there will be no more rain. Hey, Happy New Year and welcome to this episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, your host, and it's the beginning of a new year. A very wet beginning of the new year. Although, I have to say, behind me, I can already see the blue sky and some of the last rays of the sun are hitting the houses here on my left in this park. And so hopefully that is uh, a bit of a metaphor of this upcoming year. Uh, there will be clouds, there will be rain, there will be difficult moments, but there will also be blue skies and sunshine. It's all part of life. You know, you can't, you can't really expect life to be always, always sunny, always happy. In fact, uh, challenges, difficulties, they are just as much part of your life and maybe even a necessary ingredient of life than uh, joy and peace and happiness. And in, and I just finished reading a book, um, part of my Goodreads reading challenge that focused exactly on that. It was called The, the Happiness Trap. It's actually the last book that I read. And um, it's, it's a book that focuses on the, the way in which you can deal with negativity in, in life and um, things that happen to you that you <laughs> wish wouldn't happen. And it's, it's very much about acceptance and finding a way to uh, distance yourself from your emotions uh, especially the ones that may prevent you from doing what you truly want to do and it offers you a lot of food for thought when it comes to you know, what are your values uh, and these values should um, guide your, your actions and so whenever uh, bad stuff happens to you that in itself it's just part of life. But how you react to it is what you can, to a certain extent, control. And uh, the book contains a lot of uh, examples of things you can do to train yourself in, in reframing, rethinking the situation. And uh, I was surprised at a number of the tips in the book Were already things that I've learned to do last year. Especially the one where instead of fusing with my negative emotions or anxiety or feelings of inadequacy or imposter syndrome, you name it, instead of doing that, to take some distance mentally by saying, I observe that I have feelings of anxiety. Imposter syndrome or whatever. And the more you train yourself to do that, the more you will recognize the patterns, the thought patterns, the, the stories that we tell ourselves. Um, and it's even helpful to label those stories. So whenever you are overcome with feelings of, um, let's say, self-doubt, you know, you start to blame yourself for, oh, I haven't been working hard enough or I always suck at this and why didn't I do that? To to train yourself to label that as, oh, that's the I'm not good enough story or, oh, that's the imposter story. And then instead of beating yourself up for having those negative emotions, um, embracing those feelings because the more you try to suppress them, the stronger they will become. And to just say, Well, hey, thank you, my brain, because that's basically it's, it's your, your mind that gives you these thoughts. Say, Thank you for bringing that story to my attention. Um, it's noted. And then to move on and think so, uh, what can I do? To ground myself in the here and now, because it's it's just thoughts, you know. It's just a story. It doesn't really have anything to do with what I want to accomplish in life. Um, so the more you can just let those feelings exist in, and label them as just this is just one of the ways in which my brain reacts to a given situation that triggers memories of uh, things that happened in the past, and there is a evolutionary reason for that because for thousands of years uh, of course knowing how to react to dangerous situations was a key to our survival and so this is probably why those negative emotions can provoke this fight or flight type of reaction that we sometimes feel when we're stressed um, it's a very natural self-preservation reaction that has been very useful for the survival of our species. However, since very uh, most of the time, we are not in a dangerous situation and it's just a story that we tell ourselves, um, it's not helpful. And it's, especially if it uh, blocks you, if it paralyzes you from... Uh, Doing what you truly want to do according to your values, then it's important to, uh, to, to leave those thoughts where they belong. And that is um, as a, a, a natural warning. Hello. Hey, goeie. Ja, the best wensen for the new year! It's one of my parishioners who uh, just came out of the woods on a bike with a group of, I guess, uh, his kids family. So, um, just label them, acknowledge them, but don't act upon them. Because you don't have to. You don't have to fuse with your emotions. So that's the that's gist of what the, this book, The Happiness Trap, is about. The Happiness Trap refers to this kind of thought loop, where the more we feel that we have a right, and maybe also a duty, to be happy, the less likely we are to attain that goal, because happiness is um, it's something that we associate with a feeling, um, but, it's, but it's actually not. happiness. You can, you, maybe we should def- redefine happiness as being in a state where I can act in life in any given situation according to my values. Um, and what are those values? Well, that is, of course, what you can think about at the beginning of this new year. This, this kind of ties into something that we traditionally do at the beginning of a new year. And that is to uh, have to make New Year's resolutions. How am I going to uh, change my life to achieve those goals? And for me, the reading this book at the end of uh, last year helped me to realize that the most important thing that I can do at the beginning of this new year is not to just define arbitrary goals, like, oh my gosh, I would like to uh, um, write more articles, um, create more videos, lose weight, exercise more, but it's it's to think about the values that I want to express in my day-to-day actions. And the more you know what your your values are, the easier it is to define clear, precise, and attainable and measurable goals. Let me explain so um when it comes to my work as a priest in and a geek in the media, um, I've been asking myself uh, a lot lately, so where?" Can I find the maximum energy to do what I love to do? I can intuitively know what I love and also what I dislike. And obviously, in order to um, stay on course, you need that energy even more. When in my situation, I have a brain that has a lot of traits of ADHD and so needs to have this, this constant dopamine um, infusion to, uh, to move towards a goal so what does give me that dopamine what does give me that motivation it is um, to, to know that I'm doing what is really important to me and what I really uh, want to dedicate my life to and uh, when it comes to my work am I going to the right yes let's go up this hill I'm in finally in the woods, as you can tell because the the sounds of the road and the cars on wet asphalt have dissipated and I'm now walking on the very wet leaves. Um, it's been raining for weeks, so uh, it's a it's a muddy endeavor to to be walking here, but I do have had I did have the presence of mind to put on my my walking boots, so these are waterproof and they can uh, withstand the kind of terrain that I'm walking on. So uh, I've, I've realized over the past weeks that um, if there's one thing that is important for the success of my work, it is consistency. And consistency has everything to do with motivation. Thus, with energy, dopamine, and that is derived at best from um, having a very, very clear idea of what my values are, what my ideals are, what my longing is to be more than doing. And so my... uh, my thoughts right now about that the deepest drive is that i want to i want my life to have meaning for others i want my life to matter to people not to the entire world i don't need the you know world history to remember me but if i can help other people to to, to move towards their goals, to be a, a little bit happier. Um, and if they're not happy, to help them cope with that um, and to to pass on what I've discovered in life. That is That is my joy. And <clears throat> I love to do a lot of things, but I know that I like it even more if I can share it and if other people are enjoying what I enjoy if other people are helped by what I've discovered. And so, this helping other people is, uh, is now, it's necessary. I'm walking underneath some branches here, because again, to make a short detour because of the water, uh, I, I try to make that as specific as possible when it comes to my two areas of interest, um, the first one is everything that has to do with uh, helping people to to discover the deeper layers of the stories that we love this is my this is my language right This is the way in which I can communicate with a lot of people that normally generally are not part of the social circles of a priest and since my I see it as my mission to reach out to The worlds beyond the the boundaries of the the church buildings in which we usually uh, exist. Uh, Having a common language is super important, and for me, you know, these these stories, movies, TV shows, books, video games, all that is um, is what helps me to do that, to connect, and to share uh, joy, which in itself already on a psychological level is is very good for everyone. <laughs> if you share a common, uh, common interest, if you talk uh, uh, together about movies or about a book that you just read, um, you, you experience joy. You experience energy. This is just how we're wired. Um, the, there is a great power in communal experiences. And so, uh, when it comes to this first area of work um, how do I translate that the that value of wanting to help um, this is how I formulated it as a as a mission statement i'm a priest and i'm a geek, so this is the the kind of like i'm I'm in between worlds and i I'm here to help you so it's not about me it's about it's about the, per- the person that I'm communicating with to help you uh, explore and share the stories that you love. And I think in this way, um, it, it's, it, I don't, I'm not here just to teach and to say, well, this is how you should interpret, I don't know, the last episode of uh, uh, Doctor Who or whatever. No, because that would be pretentious. And, you know, it's also not true. I don't know everything about any story. But what I can do is uh, to help people explore or to explore it together with uh, the people that I reach. Just as I explore in in, in these episodes of The Walk, I explore my walk in life and, and my experiences and I try to reflect upon it and I share it with you. So... Uh, maybe it helps you also to think about your life and about your walk in faith and about the struggles, etc. Uh, so the first, the first word is to, it, I want to help you explore. And then the, the second word is I want to help you share this. So I want to help people to make it actionable, to, to translate those stories into, um, into choices that you make in life uh so uh, th- for me that is the best way to share a story and this is true also about faith you know faith is obviously um, a, um it's trust it's uh, faith is is how do you say that it's it's a relationship that that is nourished and comes about through stories how 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 was faith um, spread into in the world how how did people discover um, who God is and how he revealed himself in Jesus it is thanks to stories and these stories were told from generation to generation and uh, first in an oral form and later on people started to write them down and to Refine those stories uh, and to explain them, but in its essence, my religion and a lot of the great religions in our world today are 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 story based. Um, the, the Judaism, Christianity, Islam—they're religions of the book, <laughs> and the book itself is a of course a collection of stories so for me the the way in which you spread faith is not just by telling these stories but by showing that those stories have impacted you and that you live accord according to um, the values of those stories and the ideals in those stories so uh, f- for me that 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 work of helping people to understand what stories truly mean and what they mean for us and how we can live according to how uh, the inspiration that we that we get from these stories that is that is my mission. So that's a, that's a lot of <laughs> explanation of something that ultimately comes down to this one sentence: like I'm here to help you explore and share the stories that you love. This is something I can say at the beginning of. Almost any recording, any video. Um, it's also something I can put in my bio. This is uh, what I learned from uh, uh, a, a social media coach on TikTok. That was a drop of water that fell from that tree straight onto my uh, my wind cap. <laughs> it was a big drop and it like, made some noise. I'm, I'm glad that I actually have this protective... Uh, this protective, it looks like an animal fur on top of the microphone to protect its innards. So uh, that social media coach said um, one of the things that he does when he works with a client is to uh, look at the, the way that these people present themselves. And so the bio, which is a short description of who you are and what you do, in many cases, he said, consisted of, like, well, this is what I like. So people would say, I am so-and-so, I'm a dad, I like football, I like um, barbecuing, I like books, I like Star Wars. And he said it's, it's probably more helpful uh, to, instead of saying, well, this is what I like and this is what I do, to, to describe a passion. You know, why are you here? On this medium, why do you want to reach out using uh, TikTok or Facebook or whatever it is? So that means that you uh, you include a mission statement in your bio. So this is why I hope that it's worth your while following me. And so that was a first uh, decision that I took. Well, maybe I should tell myself and tell my recipients. Uh, about this, you know, what is my drive? Why am I here? Um, and that made it really easy to formulate. The second um, area it, that I work in is is not just to reach out and communicate and share uh, what I discover in these stories, um, but it's also I want to teach other people how to do the same. So I want to pass on my knowledge of how to use social media in an effective way. And so that is more or less expressed in that second part of the phrase. Like I want also to help people to share the deeper meaning of these stories. And that, for me, includes also faith. But it can be any message that we find important. Um, who am I to reduce everything that worthwhile sharing to to just religious topics. I think, and I truly believe, and this is also how I communicate with you, is it's not always, strictly speaking, religion that I share. In fact, that was some feedback that I got last year, a few days ago, (laughs) from someone who reacted to... um, uh, I posted a link, I think, to um, one of the Catholic Insider episodes that I had share it with my um higher tier patrons. And so the guy followed the link and then hit the paywall <laughs> because yeah, it's early access for um for my higher tier patrons because they make it possible for me to to record the you know these new episodes of the Catholic Insider and um and it was also because they're not ready yet for the general public. We haven't set up the feed. Um, they're, we're in the midst of a, a big transition of our website and our entire digital infrastructure to a new platform. So... Uh, but he reacted. He said, Ah, oh, you've become so commercial. It's now all of a sudden everything is behind a paywall. And aren't you as a priest supposed to be there for everyone? And so... Very valid criticism from someone who who didn't know the entire picture. And so I explained, well, this is because in the, what is it, 17 years now that I've been working in the media, um, I've always had to pay everything myself. I don't have any other source of income than donations. I don't have a parish that pays me. I don't have a bishop who pays me. Um, as I often say, the Pope doesn't send me a check, so... I, I do depend on these patrons. So if I give something back in return as a thank you for the support of these patrons, well, don't don't be surprised. It's, for me, the only way in which I can continue. And so uh, the other person uh, reacted to that by saying, well, you know what? I, I do understand to a certain extent why the church does not fund your work because very often you don't, talk explicitly about religion you also talk about a lot of other things and I assume that he's referring to me talking in my podcast about movies and video games and uh, that I have a TikTok account about anime and again that was valuable feedback because it made me realize that for a lot of people that only follow me from a distance yes it may appear as if I am uh, communicating much more than just faith. And so it may appear as a lack of focus, or maybe even someone who is doing this as a hobby because he's talking about hobbies. This is a misconception that I have had to face for my entire life <laughs> as, a, as a priest. Um, and uh, in my book, Geek Priest... I've tried to explain with a lot of examples that in order to communicate about faith effectively and to be a trustworthy source of guidance when it comes to faith, you first need to establish that relationship. You need to have that bond, and especially when it comes to religious communication, Um, If there is no trust, if there is no relationship, then it's almost futile to try to um, talk about faith. Because faith requires a great level of trust. And so the reason that I talk about other things than just faith or religion is that it, it is... Uh, it's the way in which we normally establish trust and a relationship. It is because we talk about the things that we have in common. It is because we have a common language and a common and common areas of interest and especially if you try to reach people that don't have faith in common with you, then you need to find other common ground. This is by the entire foundation. Of my media strategies. Always to first. Com- com- to start. With that common ground that you have. And then to add value to that. So This is why. I try to. Explain these deeper layers of anime. And Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Because I know. That I'm talking to the right people. And it is because. I speak their language that they. start Can start to trust me. And I can then add something out of my tradition, background, and faith to their world. And it's going to be much easier to expand that common horizon than if you start at the total opposite side of the spectrum. And this is something that is often forgotten, I think, in religious communication. There's a lot of churches, a lot of parishes, I think, do this wrong. (laughs) They, They speak a language that nobody understands anymore. And it's not just church Latin. It's just like the way the people in church preach or letters that bishops write. It's in a jargon. It is in a vocabulary that may be extremely familiar to them, but is completely uh, gibberish to the people that they're talking to. It's like if you've ever seen the movie uh, uh, Mars Attacks. Uh, You've got these aliens from Mars and they don't speak human languages and so the only thing you can hear is <laughs> and i always think of that when i come across people from a religious background that try to uh, communicate about their faith um it's 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 often Martian to other people so first steps always Know who you're talking to and know what language they speak. And then first communicate in that language. And and also when it comes to religious communication, without trust and friendship, there cannot be any evangelization. Um, so hopefully by explaining these things... And I, that, that bit of feedback made me realize that this is something I need to explain over and over and over again. Because I obviously... Uh, always encounter new people um, that have no idea uh, what kind of method is behind the madness <laughs> that they perceive, and so this is also the um, I think that one of the things that I would love to teach parishes and pastors and bishops uh, um, if if they need help in re-establishing a relationship and communication with people outside of their reach um and and i think my experience is extremely valuable so that whole aspect of i want to i i'm there i'm here for you to help you share the stories that are important to you and thinking of course also of religious stories bible stories you name it um then then that's also part of my mission, and that's what makes me happy, because it is so much fun to discover that yes, you can actually uh, reach new people, and you can actually communicate about faith, uh, because I know the steps that are required to establish that um, that relationship and that trust. Um, so I'm finally here on a bike track which means no more mud i'm going to walk left so um the second area um where i am very hopeful for this year is this whole um social media coaching idea that i talked about uh, before uh, well before (laughs) before we changed from 2023 to 2024 Um, this is going to be a major focus and i've been thinking how do i uh establish first contact with that group of people so i've been very successful i think in in reaching new audiences for my my primary mission but what about that secondary mission to help parishes how do people in the church or in faith based communities know that I'm their I'm their guy when it comes to helping them to be more effective in social media. This is where I've been uh, reading a lot about um, about online marketing, but from a storytelling perspective. And this is what in made me so enthusiastic. I've always had a bit of trouble with the term marketing. It felt so foreign to the the. The world in which I was called to live, which is a, you know, non-profit, religious-based, let me help you <laughs> kind of wor- world, and marketing almost felt like a dirty word. You know, it's, it's like it's evangelization; it's uh, to spread the gospel, but it's not marketing. But <laughs> I've come to realize that that is a false dichotomy, because marketing is just a word. That means that you establish an exchange. Uh, You propose a story. The story can be, hey, I know how to give you an unforgettable uh, dessert experience. If you only buy this particular yogurt, then your desserts will improve 200% (laughs) based on actual research. so it's an exchange of goods based on an exchange of information. And that information exchange is, is most effective when it, it's done in a story. So If I say, well, just buy my yogurt because it's got more protein, um, that's not very evocative. But if you say, there is this one meadow on the top of one of the most beautiful mountains in Switzerland where purple cows are grazing every day and the grass itself is um, the result of the hard labor of elves and fairies that during the night sprinkle uh, stardust on the fields so that the grass twinkles in the morning light and these purple cows will produce the most ...incredible dairy because it's infused with stardust and fairy dust... ...then you will understand that that yogurt that our gnomes every day prepare for you... ...with the most delicious magical fruits and strawberries that they can find in those same meadows... ...then you will understand that this yogurt is not just a dessert... It is a gateway to this magical world far away from where you live. And if you close your eyes, you are there. You are running around and singing and dancing between those in the, in the midst of these purple cows that are all starting to jump and dance as well. It's a story. It's complete, <laughs> complete nonsense, of course. But, but this, is, this is what marketing is. Marketing is a form of storytelling. So that you establish a desire, and you, uh, and, and evangelization in a certain way is exactly that. It's, you tell a story so that people become enthusiastic, and yes, they want more, so they join the club. <laughs> they become a client, a member, a disciple, a follower. It's all a matter of definition. And so, I've been mean, reading a lot about. Um, this very particular type of marketing that is uh, using storytelling, consistent storytelling, to reach people and to, to make them enthusiastic and to touch the emotional part. And I've, by reading about that, I realized that I have so much to learn in that respect when it comes to my approach to, to people um, and, and my approach to storytelling. And the one thing that, the one lesson that really hit me hard was that this uh, marketeer said, um, "If you write that story, whatever it is, in your email, whatever, um, write it and then rewrite it and rewrite it again until you can tell it in such a way that you feel something, and until you don't, until you feel." the message it's not going to work because it's that emotion that will evoke that will um, that that will uh, how do you say that will trigger an emotion on the other side and when I read that I was like oh wow this is so true when I preach the moments in my homily that people react to the most are almost always the emotional beats of the story not the knowledge not my explanation of the letters of saint paul or that's all good it's important but that's not what makes people react what i always hear back. It's that one story that you told about that time that you were at the end of your ropes and, and this happened and then that disaster happened and then, you know, those stories, filled with emotion um, that are relatable because people have been in, in similar situations, those are always the homilies that work best. And so I realized that we um, you know that is not always what I do. And I oftentimes stop at the level of just information sharing. Um, earlier today, I wrote my first, my first text of the new year. So one of, my, um, one of the things that I uh, realize I, I want to do, uh, if I want to help people... I need to be consistent in communicating with them, so every day I want to spend some time writing a short story or something. Maybe ultimately that will be part of a a marketing campaign or whatever. For now, it's just getting into the habit of writing every day, just as I've acquired the habit of reading every day, I now want to get to the next level and that is to write every day. And so I wrote a text about the solemnity of today, which is uh, Mary Theotokos, as they say in Greek. So Mary, the mother of God. It's this very important dogma in the Catholic Church and also in the Orthodox Church. That Mary, since she's the mother of Jesus and Jesus is the son of God, then you can call Mary the mother of God. And that's saying quite a bit, actually, of a creature, because that's what Mary is. But nevertheless, this creature became the mother of a divine son, God himself. And so, anyway, I was like, how can I write... I, I just At first, I was like, I just need to write something. And I woke up really early at six o'clock in the morning on, the, on January the 1st, which was kind of stunning because I did not go to bed very early. Um, and my brain was working at full speed. And at first, my brain was developing uh, something, an article about Doctor Who. I had just, on, on New Year's Eve, had watched uh, the Christmas episode of Doctor Who, and I really liked it. And so I was trying to come up with an article to write about that Doctor Who episode. And I couldn't calm down my brain. This is This is what ADHD does. Once the engine is fired up, it's very, very difficult to shut it down again. So I just went out, stepped out of bed. I was like, okay, it's the 1st of January. I haven't really slept uh, enough hours, but I'll, I'll I'll, make it up the next night. But right now, my brain wants to create something. And then I sat down, and after a cup of coffee, I realized, you know what? Uh, what, what, what I thought would be a good article, it's just not working. It's... Like, I don't have much to say about this episode of Doctor Who, other than either it was a great episode, I loved it, or to do something extremely tangens- tangential. How do you say that? Tang- well, it's a difficult word. <laughs> something that is kind of remotely connected. But then it becomes also, like sometimes uh, I can make very quick connections between anything. Um, but if it's too remote, if it's too far-fetched, then people will react like that. It's like, oh, that's too far-fetched, or it's too forced. So I abandoned that idea. And instead, um, I came up... Uh, I, I don't know how I got the idea, but I was like, well, I can write something about Galadriel and the Virgin Mary. Perhaps there's a link. Uh, so I can use the common language of Tolkien and at the same time say something about today's solemnity. So I started to write this article um, and it was a good exercise. It was really like, okay, yeah, this, this works. This is the kind of story that I think um, meets my primary audience uh, right where they are. And then I, I wrote it. I posted it on Patreon. I didn't record a video. Because I, I wrote it as a script. For a TikTok video. But I didn't record it. Because I, I felt that. I something just kept me from recording it. It was like. Mm, this is not. I mean it's okay. And I need to be. I need to learn. To be okay with just okay. Instead of it's oh, it's brilliant. And it's top notch. Um, but it's just not good enough for a video. And and then I realized rereading it that it lacked that emotion. So it was a very intellectual text, not bad, and I think it was just it's what it's that's what it is, you know? Um and if I would try if I would want to make it better it would cost me a lot more time and I just didn't have that time so but the lesson learned was I didn't feel anything writing this text it was an intellectual text and so it's this is probably also why I felt it's not going to work it's not uh, it's not good enough for a TikTok video hi Hi. and so uh, my my assignment for tomorrow when I will write another text like that is, okay, so now I'm going to write about something that is also related to a movie or a TV show, but this time it has to come from my heart. It has to be something that really touches me, and I will not stop until I find that emotional level. Um, so there you go. It's, it's, it's a part of, of what I w- want to try this year, is to move... Uh, towards a goal I want to get better at copywriting at marketing I want to learn from the best in the business and I have a whole list of people that I'm currently uh, studying to learn how to become a better marketeer in a certain way or communicator or evangelist whatever you want to call it um, but I also accept that it, I, I still have a long way to go and this is not something that you can... I understand the principles, but that doesn't mean that you can apply them. And so I want to give myself all the time in the world to get better at this article after article. And I hope that you will join me on that journey, for instance, by just following me on the Patreon website. And when I start um, with the coaching uh, I will probably create an a mailing list for uh for anyone who is interested in this and not just uh, potential coaches I think that's how you can call them, so potential clients but also anyone who wants to learn from uh my experience when it comes to communication um to get on that mailing list so I can then uh reach them more specifically about that particular topic Uh, because that's also something I've realized that these are really two distinct audiences and so I don't want to muddy the waters by uh, having just one channel you I need to diversify my approach but the principle is the same in coaching too it's important that people establish that relationship of trust and you get there quicker when people know that you're a human being <laughs> and that you have a passion for this, that 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 you are like 100 percent committed to this quest. And so the, the writing, uh, what the writing needs to do is very similar to what I do for the primary target audience. All right. That's what I wanted to share with you. It was a little bit long winded, um, <laughs> which is. I forgive myself for being long-winded because as I'm talking to you, I am also developing my thoughts. That's what you get with this, <laughs> with this episode, with, with these episodes of The Walk. Hope you don't mind. Um, for my patrons, I will walk an extra mile and uh, talk a little bit more about my plans for the next couple of weeks. But before that, I'm going to step aside so these cars can pass me by the sun is setting and uh, it's, this is a dangerous road because there are no sidewalks anyway have a very blessed new year and we will talk soon and make sure to to, uh, to join the the Patreon community um, and as you know you can do that for free um, you don't have to become a paying patron um, of course I would welcome that I can use that very much that help but if that's impossible for you just join Patreon community for free talk to you soon god bless